Hi everybody and welcome back to the uh, next episode of the Chasing Power podcast. This is episode number 65 uh, for the DP World Tour this week. Uh, we're in Dubai again for the third edition of, well this week it's the Raz Al Khaimah Championship and delighted to be joined by Duncan from the Golf Betting Club. Uh, first of all, welcome and second of all, how was Dubai in general? Hi Craig, thanks for having me on. Um, yeah, it was excellent. You know, we were there uh, for a week last week. We went to to the Abu Dhabi Championship for the Saturday and Sunday, um, and then we went up to to Ras Al Khaimah to play uh, Al Hamra the course this week for a couple of days, and then we managed to get back down to Dubai for the the first day of the Desert Classic. So it was a pretty action packed trip, to be honest. But um, yeah, yeah, it was good. So I'm um, glad to be here. Uh, how was uh, how how was Al uh, Alhamra as a course uh, for you? Did the uh, did you play some good stuff? And who <laughs> won between you and Neil? <laughs> uh, it, it was one each, I think, uh, between me and Neil. So he won the first day, and then I put on a putting masterclass on the second day and uh, showed him what's what. <laughs> um, but no, Alhamra was 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 fantastic. You know, really really good course. Um, you know the first five holes are really where where you've got to make your score. Um, there should be plenty of birdies and, and maybe even an eagle uh, on the par five third this week from the pros. Um, and then the course kind of takes a bit of a different turn and, and starts to become a bit longer uh, and a bit more challenging from the from the sixth hole onwards. But um, in terms of you know holiday golf for us, it, it was absolutely ideal. Um, and the pros should make plenty of birdies this week. You know the greens were in fantastic condition. Um, and, and really, there should be birdies aplenty, really. Uh, so you alluded to you you managed to um, you managed to get to the Dubai Desert Classic for the first round last week. Uh, how was that? Um, how was that for you? And uh, I believe you. I was reading your blog um, this morning, and I seen that it was nine quid for a kind of a. A kind of cider. That's pretty eye-watering. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was. Dubai, Dubai was incredible. Um, you know, some of the views that you get on the course uh, of the city behind are, are just, you know, mind-blown. Um, and, and you know, you've watched it on TV for all these years, and you've kind of pictured it in your head, um, and, and it probably surpassed the expectations. I think it's, I think it's fair to say. Um, just everything about the whole event was just top notch. Um, you know the way that they organise it and, and the, the course itself was just in absolutely immaculate condition. Um, and, and the Thursday wasn't even that busy with the fans. Um, there wasn't there wasn't that many spectators there, so you were able to kind of get up up close to a lot of the players that you wanted to see, um, and, and you could get you know pictures with the with the players and stuff if you if you timed it right. Um, so it, it was an excellent event, you know. And I think we're both kind of keen to go back next year if we can, if we can persuade our wives and girlfriends to to uh, give us a pass and, and let us out there. Um, but no, yeah, the, the alcohol price—it's not a place to go and you know uh, and spend all your money on alcohol. I think that like, you can have a couple and um, and that's probably about it. You know, I begrudge paying nine pound for a can of of cider or a can of a can of lager. Uh, but you know that's the price that it is out there, so you just have to accept it. But um, yeah, it's, it's 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 pretty steep for alcohol compared to back here in the UK. And and you were actually 
you were actually saying beforehand about um uh, well basically on on the course the the prices in general were also like just mind boggling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we ended up having some food on the course. Uh, I think two two burgers and chips and two uh, cans of cider, but it was the best part of fifty quid. Um, so oh, wow, uh, <laughs> wow. <laughs> but, but 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 you know the 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 tickets for all the tournaments uh, last week were free. They um, I think it was because of COVID and, and everything else that there was there was no entry fee to get into the events or anything like that. So um, you, you kind of thought, well, I don't mind don't mind spending a bit of money on the course, considering that we didn't pay to get in. You know, if you, if you compare that to you know the ticket prices at Wentworth last year, where I think it was like sixty pound for for a, an adult to get into Wentworth last year, um, it, it's a when you, when you think about you know you've saved sixty quid effectively by by going to this tournament, and you've got all the best well not all the best players, but you've got a lot of the best players playing. Um, you you, you kind of don't mind. Well, you do mind, but not you don't mind as much, maybe. Um, but it, it was nice just to be there, to be honest, and just to be able to walk about in the sunshine and, and like I say, just just see some of the, the best players up close. You know, we watched Morikawa uh, in Abu Dhabi and in Dubai, and um, the, you know there was a there was a scattering of people there, but you were still able to get relatively close. You know, I, I watched him uh, on the Sunday morning in Abu Dhabi uh, when he was down the leaderboard, and there was maybe about a dozen people watching Colin Morikawa and like when does that ever happen um so yeah that was fantastic yeah. uh, I seen there was a little bit of competition between who can get the most famous photograph uh, between you and uh, between you and Neil last week <laughs> who managed who managed to uh, who managed to win that slight um that slight battle uh, it's, it's a close one. Well, it depends which angle you look at it from, I suppose. So he uh, he managed to nab uh, John McGinn and uh, Andy Robertson. And if you're a Scottish football oh. fan, they're, they're obviously huge, <laughs> huge oh, yeah. legends at the moment. Um, they, they are the men to make a scene with. And if you uh, if you support Scotland, obviously if you don't support Scotland, then you know maybe they're less less impressive. Um, but I, I managed to see uh, to get Rory coming off the practice ground. Uh, just coincidentally, he was coming off as I was walking past, um, and managed to get managed to get Rory for a for a quick selfie. Um, and then I bumped into Harry Maguire and Jordan Pickford um, later on in the day. Oh, and uh, yeah, Harry Maguire uh, uh, wanted his picture taken with me, so I said, you know, go on then, Harry. Uh, we, we we can have a photo. Uh, uh, I um, was he asking how you got an eighty million transfer? <laughs> no, uh, uh, Maguire and Pickford weren't that chatty, to be honest. Uh, I asked uh, both of them for a fo- they were standing together having a chat, and I, I asked both of them for a photo, and Pickford just walked off. And uh, <laughs> at least at least Harry Maguire uh, uh, said he'd take a picture, but um, yeah, they, they weren't as chatty as the Scotland boys. Of course, the Scot the Scottish boys are the best, man. So <laughs> <laughs> maybe it was the accent. <laughs> uh, yeah, probably. Um, so, um, what did you think of the Dubai Desert Classic in general yeah. last week? I thought it was a fan- another fantastic, um, a fantastic week on the European Tour or now DP World Tour. We've been treated yeah. to two spectacular weeks in the desert so far. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, Dubai is always a great event, isn't it? And um, it certainly had plenty of drama at the end. Um, you know, we had Rory uh, as our final round tip. And, you know, with two holes to go, we were feeling pretty confident about things. And, you know, he was surely going to birdie one of the last two holes, given the way the way that they were playing. Um, and then he managed to get himself out of jail on, on 17 with that, that great third shot, that chip that he put Stone dead. And even then, we still thought, you know, it's the 18th. He'll, he'll, he'll um, slug a driver round the corner, you know, get himself uh, back of the green and two, chipping a putt, and that's his birdie. Um, but what, what he was thinking with that shot, I just don't know. Um, just a, the wrong choice of shot at the wrong time, and he paid the penalty for it. Do you think he should have laid up? I know it's sorry, Mark Kilroy, but... I mean, you've got to think course management at that time. Birdie would have won it for him. But uh, yeah. uh, what 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 one mistake and he's effectively cost himself um, an, an, another chance at winning a, another major, well, not a major title, but you know what I mean, a Rolex Series event. Yeah, I think, it was, I think the shot choice was the strange one for me. You know, he set up for a fade. Um, he had a bit of mud on the ball. The wind was coming into him slightly. Um it just seemed like a like a strange shot uh, shot choice to make, you know. Like you've got you've got not the whole world on the left hand side, but you've got plenty of margin for error on, on the left hand side. And if the worst comes to the worst, you know, stick it in this, the grandstand and take your drop. Um, and, and, and I couldn't understand why he just didn't play a draw or, or even aim it down the left hand side to, to to set up for the fade and play the Hollywood shot. Just seemed seemed crazy. Um, and, and in the end, he was miles short, wasn't he, of clearing the water. Yeah. Uh yeah, it's just it seems a little bit a little bit mind boggling the shot choice. But hey ho, we we're not Rory McElroy at the end of the day. We don't know what he was thinking, so No, well like Rory's won enough to, to, to kinda of do what he wants. He can uh, he's justified his, his kind of position in golf, isn't he? So um it, it's just a strange one. I think like that's one of those situations where when people question about Rory's relationship with Harry, his caddy, and, and whether Harry's the right man for the job, you know, like would would Billy Foster, for example, have have let Rory do that? I, I don't know. It's maybe debatable, but um, it's uh, it's one of those ones that it's, uh, if he pulls the shot off, he looks like a superstar and he's he's the hero and everything else. But obviously, it didn't pan out that way, and I, I just kind of question the shot choice and and whether it was the right time to make that kind of shot. Uh yeah, it's um yeah I mean it's just one of them things. But uh, in the end we we got a fantastic winner again um with Victor Hovland winning his first Rolex Series event and now a six-time winner overall in general. He's some player in it. Yeah, absolutely is. Yeah, three wins in his last five starts just uh, says it all really, doesn't it? He's taking taking his game to a whole new level. Um, expect big things from Victor this year. Uh, it's ridiculous how good uh, him and Morikawa are for how young they are. Like, yeah. it's, it's just ludicrous, I think. Absolutely, the, the, the talent they got is just phenomenal, and they're not scared. You know, they're not scared of winning. They're, they're, they're just come out straight out of the blocks and they grab it. You know, that finish from Hovland was was incredible. Um, and, and, and you contrast that with Rory, and you just think, wow, you know, like Hovland and Morikawa are, are, are the future, really. Yeah. Um, 
what did you think of that finish from Hovland? So, so he drained a he drained a forty footer for birdie on sixteen, and then he drove the green on seventeen to thirty three feet for eagle, and he popped that in, and then obviously birdied the eighteen as eighteenth as well to finish at twelve under, um, to to post the score. Yeah, I mean that is a remarkable run of golf. But yeah, absolutely. It kind of reminds me a bit of the hero, uh, to be honest. I think he had two eagles in the back nine, and and he, the hero didn't he? And um, he uh, he closed that out in, in like stunning fashion, and it was much the same again. You know, just when you think that Hovland might might not be in it, he just seems to like spark to life, and um, you know, uh, he has a run of of scores that that put himself right in contention. And um, yeah, you know, fair play to Hovland. He he went out and and did what he had to do. Yeah, I, I don't I don't I, I don't want to go into his uh, I don't want to go into his win too much because it hurts, but um, because I was on bland, of course. But oh. <laughs> that's that is pretty hurtful. <laughs> uh, I don't I, I don't want to go into it too much. It hurts too much to talk about it. But now, so- fair play, fair, fair play, to Victor. He was absolute nails. Um, I was. I was just thinking to myself, oh my God, this is actually happening and Richard Bland's going to win a Rolex Series event at 100 to 1 for me. <laughs> and then uh, then it's deja vu again with uh, his balls in a divot. Yeah. I think um, I think like Hovland's probably the one player you don't want to come up against in a playoff, isn't it? On that particular hole anyway. You know, where like Hovland's just, it's just made for his kind of power and aggression. Um and Bland's obviously the opposite. Um, it's, it's just like it's, it's always stacked against Bland, wasn't it? But um, he, he gave it a good try. Yeah, I mean that 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 part on eighteen had serious throwback to the Belfry kind of sides. Yeah, absolutely. It was a great part of regulation to get in the playoff. Yeah, the the putt from diff, uh, the, the the putt from distance, sorry, and um, the 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 release, the celebration. I mean, you can't help but kind of root, root for Richard Bland at that moment to get the job done. Yeah, it would have been some story, wouldn't it? You know, if he'd taken down Victor Hovland in the playoff. Um, but the, you know, the way like um, the way he's going, he could well win again this year. Really, I think he did an interview last week when he was talking about um, how his performance at the US Open and, and how he performed the first two days really kind of gave him gave him confidence that he could compete with these guys, you know, the best in the world. Yeah, his game kind of stood up to to the, the best in the world. Um, so that that kind of confidence could only lead him on to bigger and better things. And I wouldn't be surprised if he did notch a second win this year. Uh. Have you got any thoughts on Richard Bland just uh, before we quickly move on? Yeah, no, I, like the you know Richard is uh, you very very likely come close to winning again this year. Um, I, I I don't like him as much this week um, in the field, but um, he could certainly challenge again soon, and I wouldn't write off a Richard Bland win in twenty twenty two. I mean. He's, he's just playing. He's just playing the golf of his career right now, and I, I agree with you. It wouldn't surprise me if a, an hour win comes soon. 
Yeah, absolutely. He's um, he's he's just a totally different golfer. It seems you know, new confidence, new belief. It's amazing what it does. Right. Anyway, so we are on. So we're still in Dubai this week. Uh, we are at the uh, the Raz Al Khaimah Championship on the DP World Tour. Uh, the third week in Dubai this week. Uh, Alhamra Golf Club in Raz Al Khaimah uh, is seven thousand three hundred twenty-five yards. Uh, Pete Haradine designed. Par 72 on, and we're playing on Paspalum grass greens this week as well. Uh, this is where you come in handy because you obviously played Alhamra last week, so you could give us a uh, a kind of proper insight into how the kind of course will set up and uh, how you think it will play this week for the for the pros. Yes, so. Um... First five holes, you got your kind of scoring holes where where the, the pros will expect to make plenty of birdies. Um, should be a bit of a stiffer test from then on. Um, the, the, there's kind of minimal, well, there was certainly minimal rough. We were there last week, um, and there certainly shouldn't be too much problem in terms of rough from, from missing the fairway. Um, the, the penalty for missing the fairway is, is really the, the, the holes that have got water on them. Um, there's a couple of challenging drives, like the third, for example, the water runs all the way down the right-hand side. The same with the 18th, the water runs all the way down the, the right-hand side. Um, nine, um, sorry, the 10th has it all the way down the left-hand side. Um, so there's a few holes where water's in play. And then there's obviously the, the kind of native desert area um, where if your ball lands in there, you could you could get stuck behind one of the, the little bushes or, or some of the debris that's fallen off the trees. Um, so, but but the fairways are, are plenty wide enough for the big hitters, um, and really the big hitters should have some fun around the course. Um, the, the, you know the par fives are all reachable with, with a good drive, um, and, and really like we should see plenty of birdies this week. So uh, I'd be expecting a score kind of in the minus twenty uh, or, or better region. I don't think we're expecting much wind this week. So really the kind of power the power hitters should come to the fore. Um, I think the other thing to mention is the greens are a little bit smaller than the last couple of weeks. So um, in, in Abu Dhabi, the greens were very undulating uh, and caused the players quite a bit of problems in terms of putting and chipping. Um, at Alhamra, the greens are a bit smaller um, and are relatively flat. You know, there's not a whole lot of break or borrow in the putts, um, so there should be plenty, plenty of scoring opportunities. Um, but it actually reminded me a little bit of a kind of Spanish resort type course more than your maybe traditional Middle Eastern course. Um, some of the houses are, are kind of quite tight tight to the course um, and it kind of had a bit of a Spanish vibe I thought, um, a Spanish resort kind of course. Um, but no, it, it was great great condition and um, I think the pros will have a lot of fun there this week. Um, so, so, just, uh, so just to mention a couple of uh, Peter Haradine designs uh, well, notable ones are the well for the Abu Dhabi, the Abu Dhabi uh, HSB Championship. Uh, for, for for a long long time, that were, was at Abu Dhabi Golf Club uh, before they changed to Yas Links this year. So he he designed that in Abu Dhabi, and 
He also designed the the Doha Golf Club for the Qatar Masters, which unfortunately was supposed to be next week, but it's been cancelled. Um, but for for the Qatar Masters, that's usually uh, on the on the system for the players. So um, in terms of the in terms of the course, so the, 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 this um, this was hosted the 2016, 2017 and 2018. It was on the Challenge Tour. Um, 2016 and 2017 was the Ras Al-Khaimah Golf Challenge, which was won by Jordan Smith in 2016 and Jens Dantop at 2017. And in 2018, it was the challenge to grand final, which was won by Adrianos yeah. at 17 under. So we do have three kind of years we can go back to uh, on the challenge tour. And quite a few of the players um, that are playing this week actually have some sort of course form uh, to go off from the challenge tour days. So you can kind of look in that direction. Um, how how have you kind of how have you Neil this week uh, kind of looked at things um, like to look to look for? Have you kind of gone for a mi- mixture of the challenge tour form, um, the challenge tour form from years back, or are you kind of putting it down to current form? Uh, a little bit of both, kind of Craig. Uh, so, so Neil and I haven't finalised our, our tips yet. I'll put that out as a disclaimer uh, now. So normally we will release our tips to our subscribers on a Wednesday, um, and, and Neil and I will usually have a chat on, on Tuesday evening um, about what we're gonna what we're gonna do for the week. Um, so it's, you're getting my thoughts today rather than the, the kind of joint the joint effort of me and Neil. Um, but but in terms in terms of what we'll normally do is we'll normally usually have a bit of a mix. Um, and I think that like there's nothing. I don't think there's anything tricky about Alhamra. You know, there's there's nothing that that the players are going to need to know. Everything is pretty much laid out in front of you. Um, and, and assuming you can avoid the water, um, which obviously these players will probably do a better job of it than me and Neil. Um, assuming you can avoid the water, it, it, it's it's you know you should be looking to score on most of the holes. Um, so so really the way we, we've kind of looked at it is, is, is what we'll normally do is, is you know price it up and, and have a look at who we think is value in the market. Um, I, I think that this week we're maybe paying a little bit uh, of a tariff for for the course form. You know you look at the the, the market favourites and you've got Baronk, Smith and, and Langask are all quite short in the betting I think, um, and, and those guys have obviously got incredible course records. Um, albeit they do have that mix of current form as well, um, but but I think that they're maybe a, a little bit shorter than than perhaps what what I'd like them to be. Um, so so really we've kind of taken that mixed approach and 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 tried to find the value, or or, or I've tried to kind of have a look where I think the value lies, rather than necessarily looking at the front of the market. Yeah, um, yeah, I find it a little bit t- tough one to gauge, especially looking at the the opening markets uh, that opened up and seen like the likes of because originally I did I did fancy Langask uh, at first at the um, 
before I looked to the market and then when I seen it was like 25, 28 to 1, I was like, nah, it's too short for me, which uh, which was a tad annoying. But um, yeah, that's the kind of price you pay with these kind of, well, lesser fields, if you want to say that. Yeah, like like Moronk, Smith and Lagasque, to use those three as an example, you know, they, they, they drove it really well last week. They all had good finishes, you know, they're all inside the top 20. Um, and, and they've all got top six finishes here. So when you kind of do the the simple equation, they've got they've got a lot of things going for them. Um, I think the thing that kind of troubles me is that that thing of when you, when you put those three together, they've had almost 200 starts on the European Tour, and they've only got two wins between the three of them. Um, they, they're not prolific winners by any stretch of the imagination. Um, and for me, like I kind of I've kind of taken the view that I think they're a little bit short in the betting. Um, and, and I'm not saying that they won't do well. I'm not, I'm not saying that by any stretch of the imagination. They could well post top 20, top 10. You know, one of them could even go on and win. But if one of them does go on and win, I won't look back and think, um, you know, that's one that, that, that I, I kind of missed out on or one that got away. Um, I'd be quite happy to go and let them win at those kind of prices and, and take my chances elsewhere. Yeah, so we have so we've got Bern Wiesberger, uh the eleven to one favourite, um, which obviously is the classiest player in the field um this week, definitely, but a little bit short for you. Yeah, potentially. I mean I th- I think the thing with Bern is that unlike the, the guys that we just spoke about, the thing you you can't kind of say you can't deny that, that Wiesberger is a is a prolific winner. Um, you know, he, he should take to this track really well. Um, it's kind of right up his alley in terms of um, suitability and, and that he's a power kind of player. He'll, he'll go in and make plenty of birdies. Um, obviously, the final round last week was disappointing, but we shouldn't forget that he did have three very good rounds last week and he had four uh, solid rounds, you know, the week before to finish 12th. Um, so he's, he's clearly in, in a good spot uh, in, in terms of where his game at, but you know that that ten to one is probably a little short again for us, um, and, and he's he's the kind of guy that we, we maybe starts slowly, and you can look to get him on side after the first round and even the second round. Yeah, I mean, in ways you kind of hope that Wiesberger has maybe like a poor start and then kind of gradually close it back, and you can maybe get a slightly better number uh, in play. But uh, yeah, definitely um, justifiable favourite. But for me, that's a little short too. Yeah, happy to happy to look further down the board. I think this week and um, let's see what else is there. It's it's actually quite a it's a stronger field than I expected. Um, I kind of thought a lot of the players, especially if they played the last two weeks, might have taken might have taken this week off. Um, But I guess the fact that Qatar's not on anymore and it's now two weeks in Raz. Um, a lot of them have opted to, to kind of come to Raz um, so it, it, it was certainly a kind of pleasing pleasing conundrum to have uh, and there's plenty of options on the board I think So the next so, so the next sort of five or six in the, in the betting is obviously you you mentioned three of them already Jordan Smith 22 to 1 uh, Bob McIntyre um, no, sorry, um, Roman Langas, 25 to 1, Adrian Moronk, 25 to 1, 
And then we've got Robert McIntyre at 25 to 1, Thomas Dietrich at 33 to 1, and Alex Bjork at 33 to 1. If you were to pick any, uh, if you were to choose any one of them guys, um, would there be anybody you kind of possibly be tempted to say worth this week? Um, normally, I would say uh, McIntyre, but we, we've actually backed him the last two weeks, and um, it, it's getting to the point now where you know <laughs> I, I, I we probably can't back him again. You know, like that. There's just something that's not quite there for Bob. I don't, I don't know, I, I, you know, what it is exactly, but he, he tends to put his his best finishes when he's when he's on form. Um, and if he posted a half decent finish last week, I, I probably would have been much more tempted. But the, but the price is obviously a huge attraction. Um, you know, he's he's far. Well, in my opinion, he's far classier than than the guys who are around him in the betting. You know, Robert's the kind of player that could go on and and potentially win a major. Uh, if his kind of career pans out the way that it should, um, whereas you know arguably maybe Morant could kick on, but you know it's it's tough to see Smith or Langask go into that kind of level. Um, so his, his price is certainly an attractive, you know, an attractive one, um, and I probably like McIntyre better than Detree or or Bjork in that kind of range. But again, it's that it's that thing of we're back to the last two weeks, and um, there's just something that's not quite right. Uh, Robert at the moment. Uh, for me, uh, I've got I've I've got a special liking mm. for Alexander Bjork. Um, I did have him last week, and he was he didn't make he didn't make the weekend, but it, it was a pretty poor performance. But uh, I was willing to let that slide because uh, he he's actually been in super form at the the tail end of last season, at the start of this season. Uh, I, I just think he's, I just think he's a player that that is uh, that's uh, slowly getting his form back, and I do believe that I think Bjork's got a win in him this season in 2022. Yeah, he, he could he could well do. Um, we followed him uh, from the ninth hole onwards in Abu Dhabi, uh, and he was actually really, really disappointing. Um, you know, he got himself into contention in Abu Dhabi and. Uh, the ninth hole, he kind of laid back um, quite conservatively off the tee. The tenth hole, he, he ended up taking a double bogey. He made an absolute mess of it, um, and, and you know that was that was worrying to see. You know, that was him kind of getting into contention and and really, really kind of panicked um, and, and made a you know drop shots out of nowhere. Really, you know, he was in the middle of the fairway on the tenth and, and ended up taking a double bogey. Um, so for me, like I, I personally thought he was a little bit short at 33, um, compared to some of the other names on the leaderboard, um, and, and he was one that I was happy to to kind of move past. But but again, I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if you know he popped up for win. He's that kind of guy. Um, the, um, j- j- just before we kind of go, go into well, well my first uh, two two uh, my first sort of two picks and. The one you guys are debating this week, uh, we we have just before that point, we've got the High Guard twins, uh, Richard Bland and JB Hansen, and and that price range before fifty to one. Um, I love JB Hansen too much, but that that the way that JB 
closed off and finished last week was very, very alarming after after being the first round leader uh, mm. last week at the Emirates. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I like JB a lot as well. You know, I think um, I think he's a player that could could win again. I know he's got a couple of titles now, but he could well go on and, and win another couple. Um, I, I think for me, like I, I always look at JB when um, when he's had a hot finish. You know, like, I think he generally tends to uh, keep his form pretty well, uh, and generally, like you, you'll post is post his top tens. You know, on the back of another good finish the week before. So I think the fact that he finished he finished slowly last week after albeit a good opening round and he was poor well you know he was near near the back of the field in, in Abu Dhabi as well um, was enough for me just to kind of bypass him um, and and let him go for the for the time being maybe, maybe he's one to kind of see how he goes this week and if he if he has a half decent week one to look at next week yeah the 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 worrying the worrying part for me is seeing an eighty one on his card and uh, in round three that was uh, that was quite off putting but yeah. um, no, no 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 doubt I'll be back on GB Hansen in the near future because I do love the guy uh, he's a brilliant player too but uh, yeah no I'm happy to leave uh, I'm happy to leave out that four as well to be honest the Highgard twins I mean it's been a surprising start for Nikolai this year with two miscuts. Um and Rasmus, you never know what's what Rasmus is going to turn up. And uh, the Richard Bland, you you never know how how, how much that uh, playoff loss or kind of that finish towards the end of last week uh, uh, took out on his body. Yeah, yeah, like the the, the hot, to start with the Hodgkin twins. Both obviously hugely talented, uh, and they could well make a mockery of their price this week. You know, when you think about how how much bigger they are than than you know um, those guys at the front of the market. If they had even you know half decent form, you would expect the Hodge guards to be at the, the head of the market, um, perhaps just behind Visperger and McIntyre. Um, but obviously they're, they're woefully out of form, and I, I watched quite a bit of the Hodge guards um, on Thursday in Dubai. And the driver for, for both of them was was wild, um, you, you know it was really it was really quite um, quite wayward. Um, so I'd, I'd want to see a bit of bit of signs of improvement off the tee uh, before I got involved with the Hodge guards. And, and Bland, I think like you said, um, it, it's that thing of how does he bounce back? And, and it might not be necessarily the, the track that suits him. Um, I think the the bigger power hitters might come to the fore this week. Um, and that's obviously not his game. That obviously he could have a hot putting week and, and you know win it that way. But but um, I think he's one that I was again I was happy just to kind of take a take a bit of a swear of this week and, and see how he gets on. Uh, so the first the the first the first two players in this kind of fifty to one kind of range, uh, you guys were having a look at. Um, I'll I'll let you go into them uh, in a minute, but um, de- definitely two guys that can definitely challenge. Yeah, yeah, like I, I kind of like this this kind of maybe fifty to 60, 66 range. Um, I think there's potentially potentially a bit of value there. Um, you know, like what like Ryan Fox, I think is, is is a good is a good option this week. Um, you know, just below that fifty to one, he's kind of the forty to one range. 
um, you know, solid, strong hitting of the ball. Um, she makes plenty of birdies, um, you know, has played here before and, and had a decent finish. And I think he was 16th back in back in 2016. Um, and it was interesting that he spoke on social media about how he felt that he just scraped uh, through the weekend in Dubai last week, um, but felt much more solid over the weekend. Um, and obviously, if he brings that that level of solidity to to uh, this week, he should be a player that that could really really contend. Uh, yeah, uh, I did have I did have thoughts originally on the list. Um, I did I did see that uh, he finished tied twenty six last week, which was definitely a positive for him. Uh, I do agree, obviously, that he is a long hitter. Um, it should really it should really suit him. Um, I don't know what is with thoughts. I just can't put my finger on it. I think. I think in con- uh, in contention when when push comes to shove, um, the the putter slightly does worry me with Ryan Fox, but um, his long games uh, always been superb. But uh, I do worry about the putter slightly. Yeah, he should, he should win more than he does. Uh, he's he's got far more talent, I think, than. Um, than the number of wins, you know, it doesn't kind of match up. Um, and I think he is due, um, you know, due to kind of start converting a few a few more chances. Um, but but certainly, like, we're not talking about a high-class field here. Um, you know, albeit there's a kind of a number of guys who could well step up and, and make a challenge. But, you know, there's a lack of any, there's no superstars in the field, you know, Bernd, apart from Bernd Fiesberger. Um, there, there's no one really that, that should worry him, I don't think. Um, so yeah, you, you'd be interested to see how he goes, um, but um, I, I, I think he's one that could go well this week. And um, and and your next one in this range is uh, is another is another player I I really like too. Uh, the 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 Finnish star Samoya. Yeah, yeah, big big fan of um, Cali. Uh, so we did an article uh, at the start of the year, and we we highlighted five players who we thought were going to go well on the DP World Tour, and Cali was one of them. Um, it just feels like he's been knocking on the door of, of a win, um, and, and he's pretty close to to getting one. Uh, you know, he obviously came close in Cyprus when when Callum Shinkwin beat him, um, and and you know, twelfth last week in, in Dubai. Um, and he's got he, he's an excellent player in the Middle East. You know, he, he loves the, the conditions out this way. Um, and, you know, three solid finishes in, in Raz when he played on the Challenge Tour between 2016 and 2018, albeit not spectacular finishes, it should be said. Um, but but I just think that he's a player that could kick on and, and odds of 50 or 55 to 1. Are, are, are pretty reasonable um, for a player who, who I quite fancy to go on and nick a win this year. I, I hope so because um, yeah, I had brilliant memories last year of uh, it was at the Emirates Golf Club where he finished tied fourth and nicked a place at two hundred to one. So yeah, fond memories of Cali. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. He's, he just loves playing in the Middle East. It's just perfect for his game. Um, yeah. Good, good solid option, I think. 
Yeah, definitely. Uh, so my first option this week, uh, who, who I've voted for at 50 to 1, who I think sneakily is pretty sneak, uh, sneaky value this week, is Johannes Veerman at 50 to 1. Um, I was quite surprised to see the number on Veerman um, this week, considering considering last year he, he managed to get that maiden title uh, at the Czech Masters. Um, he he opened up last week uh, uh, to start the year, sorry, with a thirty fifth a thirty fifth place in the Dubai Desert Classic, which is pretty respectable for a first for first appearance of the of the year. Uh, he was. 12th at the Joe Berg Open before all that all that stuff happened after 36 holes. Um 21st of the DP World Finals at the at the Earth Course. Um uh miscut the Dubai Championship, miscut at the Alf, Alfred Dunhill Links. But going by his last three start uh his last three starts, he's he's made the weekend in all three of them. Um, he last week at the Dubai Desert Classic, he was twenty first for approach, twenty six uh, for T to green, third for greens regulation. With the greens being smaller, that could be a pretty big start this week. Fortieth uh, off the tee. The one thing that was a bit worrying last week was he was sixty six for strokes gained putting, which uh, he was losing strokes, uh, losing strokes with the putter. If you could kind of tidy that up a little bit, um, he's definitely the type of player that can really shoot low, really get on the birdie trail, and uh, he's now a winner on the tour and can get the job done. I, I just, I just think fifty to one was pretty good value on a guy that um, has proven, has proven that when push comes to shove, he can get the job done. Yeah, like I like I like Johannes. Um, I, I I rate him, um, and, and I think this is kind of track that again, he's that kind of young, powerful player, isn't he? And, and he should should make plenty of birdies um, on the holes here. Um, the, the other thing he's got that that potentially you know something to like about him is that I think him and his partner are due to have a baby pretty soon. They put a they put a picture of a baby scan um, on on his social media uh, last year, which uh, which I'm assuming is his. Uh, not someone else's, <laughs> um, but but, <laughs> but um, it certainly it certainly looks like he might have the nappy factor coming up in, in the next couple of months, so he, he potentially has that going for him as well. Uh, I, I actually believe that he's he, he literally his wife just had the baby about a week or so ago or, or a couple of weeks just before Dubai. Um, so that makes so, so that makes it even more impressive that he finished 35th with probably a lack of sleep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. I know that feeling. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, it's just a it's just a very good player and a, a, a player that I've actually got in my fight to watch this uh, this year on the DP World Tour. Um, I just think he's the type of player that definitely could win again this year. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me at all if he if he won again. Um, I think he's I think he's a player who's going places, um, and I like him off the tee. He's generally very good off the tee. 
Um, albeit he wasn't, it wasn't amazing last week, but he was still solid enough, and um, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't put you off him. Um, my, my, my next one at fifty-five to one is um, is a very, very talented young player uh, from France that's just come up from the Challenge Tour, uh, Julien Brun. Um, he he showed glimpses. Uh, in that first event at Yaz Links um, before kind of falling away on this Saturday but he showed, he showed glimpses of what he can do and what he can bring to the table at this level uh, he was in the top 10 after two rounds uh, in Abu Dhabi uh, I think it was I think it was a 76 or something on the Saturday, but he, he followed up with around a 70 in tough conditions to finish in 25th at Abu Dhabi HSBC, uh, which I thought was pretty impressive for for a kind of first full proper start again on the DP World Tour. Um, he was he was also tied 12th in Joburg Open after 36 holes before, uh, before that got cut off. Uh, his form before that on the Challenge Tour is very is pretty stellar. Second at the Challenge Tour Finals, twentieth at the Challenge Costa Brava, and first at the Emporda Challenge in Spain. Um, his numbers last week in Dubai Desert, uh, no sorry, uh, for the Abu Dhabi, sorry, in his last start were very very impressive. Fourth for approach, fourth for putting. Fifth for greens and regulation. Um, the worrying thing was off the tee was he lost more than three strokes uh, to the field for off the tee in Abu Dhabi, and uh, he was slightly minus for tee to green game in fifty seven also. But with that putting performance, uh, I mean, could could definitely be up there if he. Kind of kept kept up that putting levels definitely at this kind of birdie fest we're expecting it to be. Yeah, if we find something with the driver, then um, it, it can certainly it can certainly be a danger. Um, you know, his iron play was was red hot in, in Abu Dhabi, wasn't it? But I think he was the worst in the field for anyone that that made the cut in terms of driving. Um, I don't think anyone drove it worse than him that played the full seventy-two holes. Um, that, that was enough to, you know, to put to put to put uh, me off uh, looking at him further. But if he does find something with the driver, uh, having practiced in Dubai last week, he did, obviously didn't get into the tournament. But if if that practice has paid off and, he, and he's found something, and he, he brings that level of iron play to to this week, then absolutely, you know, definite definite danger and a huge talent this year. Yeah, um, I, I just think he's one of the he, he's one of the the better challenge to graduates to really focus on this year. Uh, I just think he could be a pretty dangerous player if um, if all parts of his game are firing. And um, yeah, he's just he's just a young progressive uh, progressive French player that has definitely got bags of talent on his side. I just thought fifty-five to one was a uh, was a pretty reasonable price in this this type of field. Yeah, no, like based on talent and potential, um, certainly a, a price a price worth um, worth taking a second look at. You know, I wouldn't I wouldn't I'm not going to dissuade you. Uh, he's not he's not he's, he's one that could could well go on and win. You know, the the crop of 
of challenge to our graduates this year, I think is actually especially strong. There's quite a lot of players who I think could really kick on this year. Um, whereas some years you get a mix of, of guys that come off and it's maybe ones that have failed on the European Tour before and are kind of bouncing back and forth between the Challenge Tour and the European Tour and you think, well, you're just going to get much the same uh, as you have in the past. There's a kind of crop of guys like Helikilda um, and Brun um, and a few others that you think they could definitely go on and you know challenge and potentially win this year. Yeah, there is a few in that kind of price range. Uh, I believe Hella Kilda was like ninety to one this week. I mean, that 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 could be pretty big, considering he won three times on the Challenge Tour last year. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a huge Hella Kilda fan. Um, I think uh, he's a, a proven winner. Um, you know, aggressive player makes plenty of birdies. Um, and, and when you consider that Hella Kilda is is almost not quite, but almost double the price of Brun. Um, yeah, I, I would potentially take the chance on Helikilda uh, rather than Brun, but um, I wouldn't be surprised if Brun had a good week if he, if he sorts that driver out. Um, is, there, is there any? Um, oh wait, sorry, we've got we've we're actually thinking the this, this the same guy this week. Uh, it's I'll I'll I'll, I'll kind of let you take this one away. But de- definitely a good young Scottish talent that we really like the look of this week. It's sixty to one kind of range. Yeah, I think Grant Forrest, um, that sixty sixty six kind of range, um, is worth a worth a closer look. Um, you, you know, he's he's played three times at Alhambra when he was on the Challenge Tour, um, and, and finished tenth in two thousand eighteen. Um, and I think that was the year he went on to secure his, his playing privileges and get on get onto the tour. Um, 43rd last week uh, was a reasonable effort um, a stronger driving performance than we've seen the week before in, in Abu Dhabi, I think he was top 20 for, for strokes gained off the tee last week um, didn't quite have it with the irons um, so we need to improve with the irons but you know, he's a player that makes plenty of birdies uh, aggressive player um, should make an eagle or two this week um, and if he's strong off the tee that should set up, set up plenty of opportunities for him um, I just think Grant's one of those players that could kick on this season, having got that win under his belt last year, um, and, and he could go on and win again this season. And there's no reason why it couldn't be couldn't be this week. Yeah, definitely. Um, so yeah, you alluded to that he's played he's played the course three times. So uh, he was tenth at the uh, the Challenge to Grand Final, as you alluded to, twenty uh, eighth in twenty seventeen and thirty second in twenty sixteen which is pretty reasonable in full-strength fields at that time. Um, yeah, you alluded to the performance in Abu Dhabi. That wasn't fantastic, but for a for first start of the season, I guess we can kind of let, let him away with it. But de- de- definitely a better performance last week, uh, finished in the 43rd of the Desert Classic, which was much improved from the week prior. Um, 16th to the DP World Tour Finals, uh, at at the at the Jumeirah States, fifty uh, first of the Dubai Championships, and twenty second of the Portugal Masters is his record over the last five starts. Uh, yeah, definitely a player that can get on a hot run of birdies. That and uh, that kind of shown when he won at, I believe, was it twenty five? No, tw- tw- twenty four under at the Hero Open when he won. 
I'm not sure exactly, but I remember it being a low score, so he's certainly capable of, of birdies if needed. Yeah, uh, last week at the Desert Classic, he was 15th of the tee, 18th for scramble and 19th for greens and regulation and 39th for putting. So pretty decent, pretty decent in comparison to the week prior. Um, definitely a young progressive player and obviously being a being a Scotsman that makes it even more better. But uh, no, de- de- definitely a player I think that can uh, that's got the talent to win again on the DP World Tour. Yeah, def- definitely. Um, you know, whether it's, it's this week or not is obviously the million-dollar question, but um, I, I, I like him and, you know, a strong driver and strong putter on his day um, could be could be the tools that we that we need this week. Yeah, uh, I, I just think this kind of, this kind of birdie fest um, kind of suits for us better, I think. Yeah, yeah, I like him. I like him better when the scoring is lower than um, than when it's harder. Um, he, I, I just think he, he's he's kind of that that aggressive kind of player who who'll go out and make an eagle or, or, or a few birdies and and really kind of post the score. Uh, anybody in this uh, anybody in this price range before we reach the triple figures that maybe you kind of looked at but kind of missed out. Um, there's all like there's plenty of talent there, you know, like uh, How Tong Lee and Brandon Stone are obviously winners of, of big events um, in the past, and and if they if they they're that those kind of mercurial players who are really frustrating to back because when you back them they end up being pretty average, and you know when you're not on them they're the kind of guys who storm to the top of the leaderboard, and you, you can chuck Dubuisson in that character that category as well. You know those guys at 66, and all those kind of guys who who are well capable of a good week, but also have the flaws that they could well miss the cut as well, um, and, and that's probably inbuilt into the price. Um, and if you look slightly higher, you know guys like Callum Shinquin, you know Lagergun, Bro, but like that that kind of range is, is ripe with players who could win, and I, and I wouldn't be at all surprised if we saw someone win from that that 66 to 100 category. There's plenty of guys. In, in there, you know, Helicilda's in there, um, you know, Winters in there. There's plenty of guys in there who could who could um, just have a hot week on, on the greens, and, and that could be them. Um, but but yeah, it's it's it's, it's a real it's a real kind of tricky event. I think that like as I said, there's there's more players here than I thought there would be, and as a result, I think we we've got quite a you know it's quite a complicated event to 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 nail down. Yeah, what what one that I was kind of intrigued by, but his price kind of dropped as soon as uh, as soon as we got seventy five to one on him, it kind of dropped towards like six days. Uh, was uh, I was I, I was keen to see how uh, Matty Smith got on this week, uh, the young German player. I just think uh, I just think he's a very very good young talented player um, that. Has definitely got the potential to go well and uh, um, uh, uh, to go well and have a good season, uh, but his price kind of dropped to that kind of range and didn't really want to go. But definitely a player that um, that caught my eye at first, uh, but 
he just missed out for me. Matty uh, Smith or Matthias or whatever. Matty or whatever. <laughs> whatever yeah, he wants to go by. Funnily enough, um, I saw him on the 14th tee in Dubai and I saw him hit two of the worst tee shots I'd probably ever seen. They were both, you know, duck hooks to the left. Um, and, and the second one clipped the tree that was about 50 yards away. Um and, and they were, you know, I think he ended up making a bogey. I think he found the first ball and ended up making a bogey. Um, the, the second ball was a provisional and it was just as bad as the first ball. Um, and I remember watching him thinking, oh, he's, he's, you know, he's in trouble this week. And then lo and behold, he, he has three good rounds to follow uh, and posts a pretty decent finish. Um, so, you know, he's a player that's undoubtedly got talent. Um, and, uh, you know, if you can... Uh, perform like he did over the last three days rather than the first day in Dubai, then um then certainly he's got a shout. You know, he was really impressive in, in Holland, wasn't he? Um and he's certainly certainly one to watch. I think he was on our five to watch as well uh, this year. Uh, as we go into this triple figure range, uh, we've got we've got a mixture of um experience and kind of players on the comeback trail. I mean, we've got obviously we've got to give respect to Andrea Pavan, who um, who obviously went through an unbelievably torrid two years, but has come back brilliantly uh, to finish tied twenty fifth and tied eighteenth in two starts in twenty twenty two, which is which you should be proud of after after a quite horrid two years. Yeah, absolutely. It's been grim um, for Andrea, and, and I'm a big Andrea Pavan fan. Um, you know, when he, when he was not in the doldrums like he was, I, I always used to like like following him. Um, and, and he's certainly a player who knows how to win. You know, he's got a couple of wins on tour and, and, and beating some good players. You know, he took down Fitzpatrick in, in Germany. Um, so he certainly knows how to get the job done. Um, but it's obviously been a few years now since 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 he last kind of contended. Well, I know obviously contended in Abu Dhabi, but, um, you know, prior to that, it's been a, been a while. Um, and if he'd been in that kind of 200 plus range, I think he's someone that I might have maybe more interested in, but I find it, I find it a little bit harder to kind of justify him. Um, certainly when he opened up at 110, 120, I know he's drifted out a little bit with some of the bookies to 140, um, which is kind of slightly more interesting, but, um, uh, 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 it's just a bit short, I think, and it's a bit too early on for him. Um, but it'd be great to see him. Get to see him post a good score this week. Uh, a couple. Uh, w- 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 with it being probably a birthday fest, the the, the, the the couple of intriguing type of players um, that traditionally go well at these kind of these kind of low scoring events. Uh, Francesco Laporte and Jacques Crossvik. Uh, were kind of interesting options at uh, 125 and 140 respectively. Yeah, like uh, Laporte is one of those players again who I, who I quite like um, when, when he's kind of on song. Um, the thing that put me off Laporte today was he posted on Instagram and, and said something about last week that kind of suggested that um, I, I think I found it on my phone now. He said, you know, I feel I'm working in the right direction, but at the same time, everything is going the wrong way. Um, I will work hard to improve. The wind will change direction and the goals will come more closer. Um, so to me, that kind of put me off him a little bit, kind of suggested that his game's not where where he wants it to be. Um, 
and, and I was I was kind of although that I do I do rate Laporta uh, and do think he'll probably win in the next couple of years. Um, I thought this might not be his week based on based on that quote on social media. Yeah, I mean that's that does sound a little bit worrying considering um, he did. He did actually have a good end to the season last year. Yes, yeah, like um, he, he finished strongly, didn't he? At a seventh and a seventh and a, and a run-up finish as well, didn't he? Um, yeah, play, play, he challenged play, it went worth two, didn't he? As well uh, in the Rolex Series event. So he's definitely a player that's got a game, and, and he's got he's got the game to win. Um, you know, he has a couple of wins on the challenge too, I think, doesn't he? So um, he, he could well he could well do it soon. Um, but yeah, I, I, like two missed cuts so far this year, and that quote that was enough to kind of make me think it's it's not it's not where he needs to be at the moment. Um, and, and he was he had a pretty average finish here when he played here in 2017 as well. So um, came, maybe want to back and play rather than from the start. You know, if he, if he shows signs that he's off the hot start and he's figured out whatever those problems are in his game. Maybe one to keep on side. Uh, yeah, uh, j- just go to Krosvik. Uh, he he's definitely definitely a player to back on these type of birdie fest tracks. He's he's such a strong he's such a strong player, and he's he's a pretty prolific uh, birdie maker, and always gives himself eagle chances, as we've seen in the kind of. Uh, and that kind of Africa swing that we had uh, with the double Kenya and um, and a couple of other events, but there's definitely uh, I find them quite hard to gauge CrossFit, but he's definitely got talent. Yeah, like uh, uh, he's one of those kind of players that uh, not that I'm not I'm not indifferent to him, but. He's kind of there on the leaderboard, um, and I think I like to back him more in play than I do necessarily um, outright. Um, you know, like he was good in Kenya. There's no, there's no getting away from that. He seems to still kind of do all his best work in Africa, um, albeit you know he had a couple of better finishes last year in mainland Europe. I think I probably want to see him, you know, excel out of Africa a bit more before I kind of. I have him under serious consideration, but that, but you know he's, he's a solid enough player. I think he has really good stroke average. Um, last year, I remember him being high up the rankings for the stroke average for last year. Um, so so he's certainly capable of a big finish, um, and may well be one to watch, like you say, Craig. And 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 just go and just going off the South Africans as well. Another one I can't gauge properly is Danny Van Tonda. Yeah, like uh, the thing I like about I like about Danny is that um, he, you know he, he can get the job done. Um, you know he, he was good at the end of the year in South Africa to to win. You know the putt on the the last green um, w- was real kind of steely stuff, um, and, and that was impressive. Um, and, and you know like considering that he's in that three figure range alongside some other guys who haven't managed to get it done on the European tour. Um, he's potentially one that that might offer a bit of value, you know. Like this is the kind of event where a lot of the players will, will maybe find it difficult to get to get it over the line. And the one thing you can say about him is that um, he knows how to win. You know, he's multiple winner in South Africa. Um, you know, he's been strong 
strong um, in contention when he's had a chance um, and, and certainly likes to make plenty of birdies as well. So um, I, he's one that certainly, you know, piques our interest. And uh, when I chat to Neil after this, he's, he's one that we'll certainly be talking about. His his swing uh, that uh, just that 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 gives me that gives me whiplash just kind of <laughs> watching that. Yeah, absolutely. It's not the prettiest, is it? <laughs> Definitely not. It, it just feels like that hurts your neck, like. Uh, but uh, no, no, fair play. He's definitely a good player. Fantonda just can't. I can never get him right. That's the thing. Yeah, I think um, I think the difficult well, the, the, not the difficulty, but the thing with Antonder is that his, his swing looks ugly, and he's not he's not the prettiest player. And sometimes like those guys um are priced up in the odds um you know based on that you know like. It's, it's quite disrespectful, really, when you when you think about, you know, he was a two-time winner uh, last year, you know, obviously once on the DP uh, on the European Tour and, and once in South Africa. Um, but, you know, two wins last year, you know, 70, what, 77th in the world this year. Um, you know, should should he be up in that kind of class, that kind of price range this this week? Um, when you think about the players that he's up against, like, like I, I would much rather take um, Van Tonder than Ashley Chesters. Um, this week, but yeah, they're both they're both priced up at a similar kind of range. Um, I, would, I would take Ventonda any day of the week over Chester's uh, for this particular type of test. Um, so yeah, like maybe a bit disrespectful for for Daniel. Yeah, definitely. Uh, right, I, I've I've got two in the triple figures here. Uh, uh, one at a hundred to one, and one at hundred fifty to one. So the first one is he was also a winner last year in the kind of UK swing at the ISPS Handa Northern Ireland Invitational. Uh, Daniel Gavin's at 100 to one. I thought was a pretty interesting was a pretty interesting price. Uh, um, he's, I mean, his his recent finishes have been steady, if not unspectacular. But he's he's still making the weekend of tournaments. He's he's he's, he's still he's he's only had one miscut in his last five starts. So he was fifty fifth last week in the Dubai Desert Classic, thirty fifth at the Abu Dhabi, forty third at halfway uh, Joe Berg Open, forty fourth at the Dubai Championships, and a miscut at the Portugal Masters. Um, so his form shows there that it's, uh, it's steady, if not unspectacular. But I, I just think I just think a hundred to one, a hundred to one range for 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 a guy that that showed that he does have bottle down the stretch. Uh, last year at the Northern Ireland event where he won. Uh, I I just thought it was a pretty intriguing option this week, um, considering the kind of players he's right beside in the market. Yeah, he seems to have um, kind of has a revelatory like twenty twenty one, didn't he? You know, like he struggled for for quite a few years, uh, and then all of a sudden twenty twenty one, it just seemed to all click for him, um, and, and he's almost a different player now compared to to what he was a couple of years ago. Um, you, you know that win was obviously fantastic, albeit it, it felt slightly fortuitous. You know there was quite a lot of long putts 
uh, in that final round. But but you know he took his chance, um, and, and it's probably quite telling that you know his best three career results all came all came last season, um, and, and it shows you just kind of how much he has kicked on um, in the last twelve months. And he, you know he seems to be a completely different player now. Um, you know I still remember him from a couple of years ago when he was regularly a thousand to one. Um, and, and, it, and it seemed to be like he was a player going nowhere, um, but but it, it's it's turned right around for him, and you know fair play to him. He, he seems to have come onto a game, and and since that win. I mean, his last two starts, he's uh, he's he's ranked uh, tw- tw- twenty nine, twenty ninth, and twenty sixth off the tee, 29th in Dubai Desert Classic, and twenty sixth in Abu Dhabi. Thirty uh, fifth for putting in Dubai Desert Classic last week and twenty sixth in Abu Dhabi. So there are parts of his game that are that are that are kind of functioning well, but um, it's whether or not he's he's consistent enough to kind of uh, to, to kind of put four good rounds together if if some parts of his game aren't firing. Um, I mean last week. 64 for TT Green, 65 for approach, weren't fantastic. Um, but he is a player that can definitely improve on that, and um, he has been making the cut um, more so than not recently. So at 100 to one, that's kind of what you're after at this kind of price range. Yeah, like, like given he's he's almost like the European Tour's Seamus Power. Um, you know, he's that he's that kind of guy that just seems to have. Something's clicked um, for him, and he and he's now almost a different version of 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 whatever it was before. Um, and and you know, for me, he's one of those interesting ones that I, I can't I can't I'm not sure whether he wins again on the European Tour or not, or the DP World Tour. Um, it, it's one of those ones that was a was a flash in the pan, and and you know he was fortuitous to get his win, or, or does he kick on and get a second or third win? Um, re- really interested to see. How he does this year, to be honest. I mean, he was 11th at Valderrama last year. I mean, you've got to be some player to finish 11th at notoriously the hardest course on the European Tour. Yeah, no, like, I'm not, I'm not, you know, taking anything away from him. It's just, I guess, like for me, it's interesting to see of was it was that year just a career year for him, uh, and he returns yeah. to the kind of average, you know, this year and beyond. Or, or does has he now found something that means that he kicks on and, and goes to the next level and notches that second win? I mean, we don't kind of look at him and think, um, you know, that that win was slightly fortuitous or or he holds a long putts to to make it happen. Um, I, I think, like for me personally, the kind of jury is still out on him, and that um, you know we get to see him kick on and, and go well. But equally, I have that thing in the back of my head that says, you know, was it just a a hell of a year? And, and we see him kind of slowly slip back to to um, to where he was before. But but you know like certainly interesting to see and, and a lively shout this week given the field. Yeah, uh, and my, my last one this week is 150 to one, and it's a player that actually surprisingly played quite well last year, um, considering uh, at the uh, t- t- towards the kind of start of his career on the European Tour really struggled uh, at first. David Law, I, I thought this week, uh, 150 to 1 was uh, was quite good value uh, given the field, given that he, he has a win under his belt and 
at spells last year, especially in the summer time, he was very, very good. Yeah, no, there was a quote, um, I didn't include it on our piece on the website, but there was a quote on the European Tour website that talked about just how comfortable uh, like David was there. Um, you know, I think he said something like that the conditions just felt nice and it was, you know, that, that kind of place that he enjoyed enjoyed going to. Um, so uh, he, he he's a bit like Gavin's kind of scenario and it'd be nice to see nice to see him go on and win again. because um, you know, like a bit like Gavin's in a, in a lot of ways as well. He had that really fast finish for his win, didn't he? You know, he, he closed with a, with a couple of really strong holes and and, and almost nabbed it. Um, and it would, it would be nice to see you know Law like Gavin's win again um, and almost validate that first win and kind of um, prove that it wasn't just a flash in the pan. Yeah, um, he's got similar kind of form to Gavin's. I mean, he's if not unspectacular especially towards uh, towards the kind of end of the season um, there was only one miscut in his last six events that was at Valderrama which we, we can forgive for anybody because it's tough as anything but uh, he has played this three times uh, on his uh, in the challenge tour days and he's had three pretty good finishes here at Alhambra. 25th in the 2018 Challenge Tour Grand Final, 19th in 2017, and 11th on his first first attempt here in 2016. So that's uh, no, that's pretty that's pretty good considering um, considering he's got course experience in this and uh, three top 30 finishes at the course. I thought it was pretty yeah. interesting, so yeah. Yeah, definitely. Well you never know. Definitely likes it, doesn't he? I mean, I mean, he could definitely go well this week. You never know, due to that course, uh, course experience, he could kind of turn his, turn his recent form around, and yeah, hopefully, obviously, obviously being Scottish too, obviously helps. But, uh, <laughs> I think he'll probably like right. if the wind was blowing a bit more this week, um, he he would be one that I would think about um, a bit more. I'd probably like to see conditions a bit a bit windier for him. Um, but yeah, it'd be great if he does. You know, he seems he seems to have these bursts of scoring where like you'll put a round or two together, but just hasn't seemed to to patch four rounds together. Yeah. Um, so hopefully, it seems, seems to be the. Seems to be the first couple of rounds. Uh, usually, he seems to be up there in the first couple, and then kind of yeah. fades away a little bit at the weekend. But no, yeah, it's, I think uh, it's crossed. Now, hopefully, hopefully, kind of, hopefully, kind of works out. But yeah, that's just that, that was my long shot of the week at 150 to one. Uh, you actually had someone at four hundred to one that you had on your mind. <laughs> I don't know if yeah, you want to go into that, but I think I think he's actually drifted out to five hundred now. I'm just having a look on odds checker, and he's um he's drifted out to five hundred. But um, the, the, one one of the guys that we saw practicing at Alhambra when we were there um on Monday last week was Ross McGowan, um and and. He doesn't have, you know, it's one of these ones where he doesn't have any kind of tangible form. I don't think he's made a start this this year so far, um, and, and he doesn't have much in terms of course form. You know, he has a 40th place finish um, back in 2018. Uh, that that's his only start on the the Challenge Tour events. 
but he's one of those players that, that just seems to pop up every now and again. You know, he was he putted the lights out, didn't he, when he won in Italy um, uh, a couple of years ago, and um, he popped up in uh, the mountains in, in Switzerland last year. Um, and he's just one of those guys that you know pops up now and again and, and seems to be able to go low um, when he needs to. And I'm not saying that you know he's going to win this week necessarily, but I think that given he was there practicing um, last week. Um, just kind of piqued her interest a little bit, um, and, and maybe worth a, a you know a pound or two at, at five hundred to one just for a bit of interest. I, I actually believe, according to the DP World Tour site, uh, that he is actually a member at Alhambra Golf Club, so he he, he might have well he, he he might have definitely the knowledge of obviously playing there. Yeah, yeah, like it's you know I, I think it's one of those things that if he's if he's more familiar with the course than everyone else, then um, certainly at five hundred to one, you're, you're not really having much of an outlay to to take an interest, are you? So he's he's maybe worth a speculative uh, pound or two, you know, just to see how he goes. Like he's a European Tour winner, you know, relatively recently, um, and, and certainly the players in that category, uh, a lot of them aren't European Tour winners or haven't been close to European Tour winners. Um, so you know, I wouldn't I wouldn't write Ross off completely. You know, he's he's got a couple of wins in the last couple of years. He won the on the Challenge Tour in 2019 uh, as well. So you know, two wins in the last couple of years, and uh, sh- should he potentially be 500 to one course member? I, I I would certainly have a couple of quid on him at that. Oh, fair enough. Um. So have you got any, you got anybody for the well? He, it's slightly controversial, obviously, but the the Saudi International is also playing this week. Uh, it's part of the Asian Tour this week. Uh, but have you got anybody in mind for the Saudi International? Um, so I I did like Ian Poulter um, before the draw came out. It looks like there's going to be a pretty significant draw bias um, this week. It looks like the guys that are going to play on Friday afternoon are going to be playing in some pretty substantial wind. Um, and, and unfortunately, Poulter is one of those guys who's going to be out on Friday afternoon. Um, so, so I ended up putting a line through him, uh, maybe with a view to picking him back up again in play on, on maybe after the second round, if, if he's not completely out of it, um, and maybe take him over the weekend. But um, I, I think pre-event, um, Abraham Ansar was one that I liked um, at 33 to one. I thought he he's a player that, that could have a bit of potential. Um, and, and then there was a few. Uh, I probably look at playing a few first round leaders. Um, morning starters traditionally have the best of it in Saudi. You know, every in the three years that they played it on the European Tour, the 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 winner, uh, so the first round leader has either been um, has been from the first has been from the morning wave. Um, they've at least had a share of the lead uh, in, in each of the three years. So I was going to look at a few of the morning the morning players for the first round leader. Um, but I, I, I think like the main focus, I guess, this week will be Raz and, and, and Pebble Beach, and maybe a kind of a, a smaller interest in Saudi for us. To be honest, I've not really had too much of a look into the Saudi. I, to be fair, it didn't really. It wasn't really an event that I've historically in the past couple of years been. I've had pretty terrible success on it, so I was c- quite happy actually to leave it out this week but if I was to have maybe a couple of quid each way 
there's there, there's one at the kind of triple figure odds that that is a that looks quite a good option. The young Australian star Louis Dobbola was quite was quite an intriguing prospect. Um, yeah. He's he's had a couple of uh, solo third finishes in his last couple of starts uh, back down in Australia. Uh, he actually plays plays for me at fifty five to one uh, in Brisbane a couple of weeks back. Uh, he's definitely uh, w- w- one of the better talents coming out of Australia. Um, he could definitely, I mean, at them kind of triple figure odds, he, he he could be one that could possibly go well. You never know, but um, yeah, he's a, a a young player I really like, upcoming, um, got all the talent in the world, I think. He's uh he's first off on uh, Thursday morning, so um you you, uh, you might want to consider him for the first round leader. Could be one of those one of those weeks where he gets off that hot start. Oh, nice, <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, right. So for, for 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 those of you for those of you that are listening that maybe don't know uh, don't know the works of what yourself, Duncan and Neil uh, do for the golf betting club. Uh, do, do you want to kind of give uh, the, the listeners a brief insight into what you kind of do in general um, for your type, type of golf and picks and kind of uh, how profitable you have been recently and um, how, how long you've kind of been doing this for? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So uh, we launched Golf Betting Club in uh, June 2020, um, just after the the break for coronavirus, uh, after golf had, had stopped. Um, Neil and I have been betting on golf for for you know 20 years, uh, and it's always been a kind of passion and, and a kind of a big interest. And obviously, it's been profitable o- over the years for us. Um, and, and when when golf shut down uh, and there was that kind of break in the calendar, you know, like that, we've been talking about doing, you know, golf betting club for, for a long time now, but given that golf seems to be, um, you know, a never ending, a never ending sport, you know, there's only ever a couple of weeks break at Christmas time. There was never enough time really to get, get something together and, and make it how we, how we wanted it to be. You know, we wanted it to be as good as it could possibly be rather than just, you know, something slapdash. Um, so it's that kind of three months during co- you know COVID and coronavirus gave us the chance to develop the website, which is golfbettingclub.com. Uh, and of, on, on golfbettingclub.com, you'll find that we've got over 150 player profiles where we profile um, like how players do under pressure, um, you know, trends, like do some players need to be on form to win, um, you know, do some players prefer certain courses or conditions. Um, and some notable player quotes, you know, like, do they like a certain type of green, that kind of thing. Um, and, and then obviously we have the tipping side of things as well. So we provide pre-event tips for the European, uh, for the DP World and for the PGA Tour. Uh, and, we, and we charge for those. They're on a subscription basis. Um, and you can go into golfbettingclub.com and you can you can find out about how to subscribe and everything else if, if you're interested. Um, and then we also offer in-play tips after each round on the PGA Tour and the DP World Tour. Um, and the in-play tips, that we, we give them away for free. So after each round on the PGA Tour and the, the DP World Tour, if you log on to our website, 
you, you can go on and we write a little blog about what happened the day before uh, or what's been happening in the tournament. And then we, we give some bets as to who we think the value going forward into into the rest of the tournament. So it's, it's, it's obviously been going really well for us. You, you know, we're, we're running at just over a 30% uh, ROI, uh, you know, almost 600 points profit for the 18 months uh, that, we, that we've been running Golf Betting Club. Um, and that doesn't even include any of the winners that, that we kind of gave away um, at the start of Golf Betting Club. So we used to do a section called uh, the Six to Watch. Um, and and we, we just kind of gave them away as players who we thought were going to do well that week. But we, ne- we never set any you know points or staking plan next to them. It was really kind of intended as a as a kind of helpful guide for people. Um, and, and, and you know that that those kind of columns at the start of golf betting club saw you know 275 to one with Martin Laird, um, 66 to one with Romain Langask, you know 33 to one with Robert McIntyre, um, 33 to one with Colin Morikawa to win the to win the PGA. So we don't include any of them um, in that 600 points profit that I mentioned. Um, because they weren't staked bets, but obviously if they'd been staked bets, you'd be looking at significantly higher figures. So it's been going really well, um, and, and things are obviously ticking on. Um, we've now got um, a, a pre-event uh, show that we do with Bet Rivers in America, uh, and, and you'll see that on our social media feeds and on the Bet Rivers um, YouTube page. And then we do a, a show on a Sunday. Uh, me and Neil do a show with Diane Knox Bayless. Uh, called the closing stretch. So if you go into YouTube or your podcast provider and you search for the closing stretch, you, you'll find that as well. And we do that every Sunday prior to the uh, the final round of the PGA Tour event. I mean, it sounds like you're busy boys, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a lot going on. <laughs> I mean, uh, not. I mean, 275 to one on Martin Laird. Wow, man, wow. That's the dream, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Like we, it's, um, it's one of those ones that, you know, it begins to put in the figures, but we, we, we obviously don't put it in because it wasn't a staked bet. But, you know, a lot of people at the time benefited. And, and, and like, that for us is, is, is kind of great. You know, that's what we wanted. We wanted people to make money, make money from our from our selections. Um, and, and they've obviously done that so far and, and, and quite handsomely. Um, so obviously, you know, if you're keen on keen on joining, um, all the details are, are on the website as to how you can join and sign up for the tips for the rest of the year. So um, yeah, looking forward to an, another good year, really. Uh, I forgot to ask you actually at the start of the show how your pre-event selections went in Abu Dhabi, uh, and obviously Dubai Desert Classic last week. How have you kind of started the DP World Tour season? So first week in Abu Dhabi, we had Rafa Cabrera-Bello, um, who obviously went really, really close. Uh, and just if it weren't for a few pulled iron shots on the back nine, um, he would have already had, obviously had a really good chance at, at winning. Um, nonetheless, it was obviously a nice a nice payout um, each way uh, on, on Rafa. Um, last week, we had Lee Westwood uh, as our closest selection. And on Saturday, it looked fantastic until he stood on the 18th tee um, and then proceeded to take, I think it was a treble bogey on Saturday, and then followed that up with an absolutely horrendous round on Sunday. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's fair to say that like we haven't quite had the rub of the green in, in the last couple of weeks. Players have got into positions uh, and not quite finished the job off. But, um, 
yeah, th- these things are it's the way the golf betting goes. And you know, if you keep getting yourself in the in the right positions, eventually one of them will land. Uh, it's been a nice start. Uh, well, for me personally, obviously, I had I had Peters and uh, well, I had Peters winning Abu Dhabi, and, and I had Rafa Cabrera Bell that week as well. So I basically had a one-two. Oh, nice! For the first time, for, for for the first time ever, I believe, uh, which is obviously it's new but nice. Um, and obviously, I had Richard Bland uh, guttingly losing a playoff last week, so. It's been a pretty nice start to the DP World Tour season and hopefully again this week we'll have the winner. Preferably yeah. both on Grant Forrest this week. <laughs> yeah, 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 that would be good, wouldn't it? But um, no, that, that, that's good effort. You know, I thought um, Peters and Abu Dhabi, we, we watched them um, three-putt the, twi- the 11th hole, uh, the par five, and um, uh, it looked then that you know the wheels might come off. But fair play to Peters, he, um, he steadied the ship well. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I mean, it's good to see Peters back, and uh, we could do with this Thomas Peters for the Ryder Cup, to be honest. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, we're we're, um, we're a bit low on, on players who are at that kind of level of the Americans, and he's certainly someone who could elevate. So it would be nice to see him see him get back to that that kind of level. Uh, right, Duncan. So um, you just want to? We'll, we'll just quickly recap. Uh, kind of. Well, for for you guys, your kind of thoughts before your official picks, and for me, well, I'll go over my five selections. If you just want to start with kind of who you're kind of leaning towards this week. Yeah. So obviously, subject to to me having a chat with Neil after this and, and chatting through our thoughts. In terms of where, where I'm at, um, I like the look of Ryan Fox uh, at 40s. Um, Cali Samuya was another another player of interest to me. Um, Grant Forrest, also one I think is, has got to be under consideration this week. Um, Danny Van Tonda uh, was another that looked looked big in the betting. Um, and, and then the final one that was worth a, worth a couple of quid was um, Ross McGowan, I thought. Nice a mixture there. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and my five selections uh, that have been finalised. So I've gone with Johannes Veerman at fifty to one. Um, Grant Forrest at sixty. Uh, sorry, Julian Brun at fifty-five to one. Grant Forrest at sixty to one. Daniel Gavins at 100 to 1, and David Law at 150 to 1. So. Um, well, let's hope to make it three profitable weeks in, in a row in the DP World Tour. That'll be fantastic. <laughs> yeah, I look forward to it. Three, three tournaments this week, so plenty plenty to keep us occupied, if nothing else. Uh, right, right, guys, if uh, if you haven't followed uh, the Golf Betting Club uh, on Twitter, uh, I'd probably advise you go and uh, give them a follow at Golf Betting Club. Um and also, and also subscribe to the YouTube channel where uh, you obviously alluded to you host the closing stretch on a Sunday. And personally, I think that's a that's a brilliant idea, and it's uh, it's a brilliant show for what I've seen so far. Thanks, Craig. Yeah, we're back. Yeah, obviously, go and sign up if you can. And um, yeah, it'd be great to have uh, have you watch. 
Uh, right, Doug, it's been a uh, yeah, it's been a uh, it's been very nice to have you on, and um, yeah, uh, all the best for this weekend, all the best for the golf betting club going forward, and uh, maybe we'll maybe do this again sometime further down the line if you want. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's been great, uh, Craig. Thanks for having me on, um, and, and obviously yeah, no good, worries, luck. Man. Good, good luck for the, the coming yeah. year. Yeah, th- uh, yeah, thanks, mate, and uh, all the best to you too. And uh, yeah, let, uh, as I say, let's get the joint winner with Grant Forrest. <laughs> <laughs> Fingers crossed. Right, right, thanks, Duncan. Cheers. Cheers, Greg. Right, bye.